Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to Full Power, where we lead men in ardently pursuing a loving God. Today, I'm hanging out with my very good friend, Abraham Widener, and he's going to be sharing his Jesus story with us. So don't miss it. Hang out. We're going to be coming at you right after this. Abraham is in the house. What's up, dude? Hey, afternoon, Andrew. Having fun. Excited to be here. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, I'm excited to see you. I haven't seen you in like a coon's age. Seven or eight years, yeah. Gosh, <laughs> Seems like it anyway. It's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. It is terrible. We have we have played some Mario Golf yes, sir. When, when when you got the COVIDs. Yeah. Yep. We played a little Mario Golf. So that was that was good. Help me survive my quarantine. <laughs> oh man. Uh yeah, it's that's we were talking about that before the show. It's 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 a thing. It's like completely changed our world, hasn't it? Yes, sir. Yeah. It's it's weird. I don't it hasn't like it. Changed God. Nope. That's good. I like that. That's good. Uh, my mom, uh, she got uh, her booster uh, yesterday, and when she got her original one, she had a little bit of a side effect, and she had some side effects for um, from the booster too. So um, prayers are with her. Um, Indeed. So, yeah, if uh, COVID doesn't get you, the vaccines will, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't think there's enough science out there to know one way or the other. So I just uh, pray about it. Let God lead. We got vaccinated, but I don't think that's for everybody. Indeed. <laughs> and, and for those for, for those of you who are doing audio only, he was smiling and nodding. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. Well, cool. Um, I'm going to do a quick community update, let the guys know kind of what's going on with Full Power. So guys, as uh, you've been here in the last several episodes, we still are working on getting a community built in in place. We need a um, kind of like a community organizer to kind of spearhead that um, to really get things up and running and going and uh, working with excellence, which is what we're called to. Um, so if that's you or you know that person, uh, send them our way. We want to get connected with them so that we can get all of us connected through community. So that's about it. Uh, it's probably going to be about quarter two when those things kind of go live. Um, if everything comes together, uh, if not, it might be quarter three, might be quarter four, might be 2023, might be 2024. I doubt it. It'll be before <laughs> that. But anyway, that's kind of that. So, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm so I'm tickled to have you here. Glad to be here, Andrew. Yeah, excited about it. Hey, um, I tell you what, you mind praying us in? No, sure. Let's let's do, do that. It. Let's go for a little in prayer. Dear God, we uh, come before you in prayer, Lord, just to stop and reflect on who you are, Lord, to always be reminded that um, you are the God of miracles, uh, Lord. We've seen you part the seas and uh, raise the dead, Lord. You give us the wisdom of your word and just your faithfulness, your love and kindness. Lord, we certainly praise you, Lord, for the cross. We praise you, Lord, for uh, as Christmas is approaching in a couple of days. Uh, Lord, we just praise you for um, being God with us, Emmanuel, Lord, and uh, for kind of breaking that silence and coming down to meet us where we're at, Lord. We certainly thank you for that, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this radio ministry and how it's touching men's lives and encouraging uh, men to to ardently pursue you and, and to be faithful to you in these days, regardless of different directions, the world or uh, their own flesh or whatever might be pulling them, Lord. I just thank you so much for this ministry. I certainly pray you bless with our talks, uh, Lord, just... Um, uh, help us to be encouraging, Lord, and to speak the truth with love. Uh, Lord, we just ask that you would uh, bless this time together. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, man. That's 
Good. So tell me, how's the family? How are you guys? You're, you're all over COVID now, right? Yep. Yep. Had that back in August. So uh, did everybody get it or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course, you know, with three kids, you didn't even know they had it. I'm like, yeah, right. My kids got it. They're like, yeah, test positive. I was like, well, that's embarrassing. <laughs> but anyway, that's all another story. Um, yeah. So we got through that. Um, my kids are good. I got three kids, got two little daughters, a little boy, Abigail. Well, my oldest is Isabella, then Abigail and Elijah. So yep. they're a blessing. Um, yep. Most days. No, they're a blessing all days. Uh, you know, it's funny because my name's Abraham, and I always wanted like 12 kids, and then I had one, and then I was like, well, I won't do that again. And then Abigail came along. I was like, well, we definitely won't do that again. And then Elijah came along, and then I was like, well, at some point we got to stop. So, uh, no, they're great, and um, I'm, it's humbling to see uh, your, your flesh and blood. I mean, your kids just grow up. and uh, Yeah. I've had two of them that have made their own commitment to follow Christ already, my two girls. And uh, blessing. so um, that's awesome. And uh, I'll tell you what, kids are challenged in a lot of many ways, but definitely um, they humble you a lot and they teach you to be uh, consistent and integrity and stuff like that. And, and then, um, you know, it's just cool to see how God works in our different lives and stuff yeah. like that. And, you know, you definitely learn to appreciate your parents a whole lot more once you have kids. You're like, man. My parents were awesome. The fact that they didn't kill me is even awesome. <laughs> That's right. That's so, right. Anyway, yeah. uh, no, love them to death. They're great, great kiddos. So, how's Rachel doing? She's doing well. She's a stay-at-home mom. She does work, I guess, from home, uh, running a couple businesses online, things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, stay-at-home mom running a couple businesses. Yeah, Good and taking, gravy. And we send our kids to a private school, and so she's she spends three hours a day in a vehicle, just running them back and forth <laughs> to school. So. How she handles that workload and still deals with me, I have no clue. <laughs> but she does. A lot of Jesus. A lot of, and coffee. <laughs> Jesus and coffee. coffee. I like it. I yeah, like it. Yeah, indeed. Well, good, man. Well, hey, uh, so I kind of know a little bit of your story because we're buddies from way back. But uh, share with the guys, like, when when did Jesus intersect your life and kind of what's been his thread all the way throughout? Yeah, absolutely. So, um little background about me, I was uh, pretty much raised a Christian kid. I mean, um, I went to Christian school, not homeschool. Well, I was homeschooled my last three years, which that's another story. But um, went to Christian school. I mean, I grew up in youth group. Uh, my testimony is not so much, you know, sometimes you think, well, this guy got saved out of drugs or sex or whatever. Uh, my testimony is more about what God saved me from rather than saved me out of. And I'm not perfect by any shape or form, I mean, but God has kept me from a lot of things, um, even some things that maybe necessarily I wanted, but God just wouldn't let me have. So, um, so anyway, uh, grew up, uh, kindergarten. I remember my teacher and it's kind of a vague memory, but my teacher's like, who wants to ask Jesus in their heart? Kindergarten teacher, you know, name's Miss Barry. God lover. In fact, my brother's, um, first son, Jonathan, he had her as his first kindergartner teacher because they went to the same school we did. Wow. And I was like, man, Miss Barry's still teaching. <laughs> like, how is that even possible? But anyway, that was just humbling to think the same kindergartner that, um, you know, uh, prayed with me a, a prayer to receive Christ uh, yeah. was also teaching my yeah. nephew. Nephew. Yeah. I always get those confused. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, so I prayed that prayer. Uh, just honestly, Jesus was just kind of a forced part of my life. I yeah. uh, always went to Bible camps, always hung out with Christian friends. I mean, I lived a sunshine, rainbows, and fluffy unicorns and clouds. I mean, it was just 
my life was just good. I mean, it wasn't perfect. I mean, but for the most part, uh, I kind of grew up in a world that really doesn't exist. I mean, especially in today's world. And so anyway, I remember um, my mom started to homeschool us when I was in 10th grade for a bunch of different circumstances. And so then she decided to move that same year. And uh, we moved from Lynchburg, Virginia to Winchester, Virginia, which is about a three-hour drive or trip or whatever. My brother had just moved out of the house that year, and I still had a, a younger sister. Uh, my sister's a year younger than I am, something like that. And um, so my parents are divorced, by the way. So me and my brother went to my dad's on the weekends. My sister, not a part of that dynamic, I guess you could say, whatever. So I was like, well, if I if I don't move, because I could have homeschooled and stay with my dad. If I don't mm-hmm. move, though, I'm leaving my sister by herself. And I, at that time, I was uh, 16 or so, 17, and uh, I just kind of got this vision that knowing where her personality was, I was like, if I don't move, she's not going to make it. Like, Mm. uh, spiritually is what I was thinking about more than anything. Just a lot of struggles going on in the house, you know, at that time. And, you know, you're young, you're a teenager, she was 16, and I was like, if if she moves by herself, like, she's not going to make it, right? And so I chose to move with my mom uh, three hours away. Um, and I can tell you that was uh, the year 2000. That was a tough year. Mm. I was actually a senior in high school as far as homeschooling goes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, moving your homeschool year, I didn't know a soul up there. You're homeschooled, so you're not really thrown into a social environment. It was a very lonely, depressing year. Uh, we tried to find a church. took us about six months. And uh, interesting enough, we found a church that was with a Christian school, but they were very clicky. Mm. And it was kind of like if you don't go to both, you just didn't fit in. Yeah. Um, and so there, it was some tough times, and the Lord really um, walked me through some things. And it was also a time where I was downing my own salvation. You know, it's kind of like, a, all right, because I was moving at this point, and I was like, I have a chance to be whoever I want to be. Uh, I mean, like, for you instance, can re- rewrite your yes, your story, and, yeah. And so, for instance, um, growing up, my middle my name's Abraham Jonathan, right? And so everybody called me AJ. That's just what I was called my entire life. Uh, but when I moved, um, I was like, I have a chance to re uh, reimagine myself, revision myself, whatever, brand myself as what I look for. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I'm gonna be called by Abraham. I remember this because because I met some of your friends and they're all like they're like. AJ this, AJ that. And I'm like, Abraham this, Abraham that. Yeah. And, and we're, I'm looking at them and they're looking at me and we're like, are we talking to the same guy? <laughs> yeah. You totally rebranded yourself. I did. I did. And so I was like, I'm going to go by Abraham. So that's yeah. how I started introducing myself. My family thought it was super weird. And they still won't call me Abraham. I'm AJ. But that's cool, right? Whatever. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I was struggling with my salvation a lot. And, and you know, honestly, I was, I just turned 18, finishing up my senior year in high school, homeschool, like I said. And I was like, I can be whatever I want to be, right? And it kind of scared me because I could have followed yeah. the world. Mm-hmm. I could have, you know, decided to follow Jesus. And I remember we were kind of going to this church, but I just wasn't fitting in very well and um, just couldn't seem to make friends and just doubting a lot of stuff, going through some depressions. And finally, it was November 11th, 2001. So it was right after the September 11th yeah. attacks. Um, I, this guy came in. He was, I can't remember his name, but some evangelist preach one of those hellfire and brimstone messages. And I was like, you know what, Lord, I've always based my salvation on this prayer that I vaguely remember praying in kindergarten. But 
and you know, I lived a Christian life and I was a good kid, but I think it was more because my environment forced me in that direction. Yeah. Cause I mean, I remember I got the, what's called the crusader award in my school. Cause I went to a Christian school and it's basically the teacher's pet, which I was good at. <laughs> Um, you know, I got the attendance <laughs> award. I didn't even get teacher's pet. I got attendance. Award. Oh man. Yeah. I just showed up. That was it. That was my claim to fame. Well, I had to be the teacher's pet because I was a short scrawny kid. And so I needed somebody <laughs> to look after me. <laughs> so, the, so the teachers would have my back. You there know? you go. I but, like it. But anyway, um, so at this point in my life, I was like, I, I'm going to make sure, um, that I'm, I am intentionally following Christ as an adult, yeah. not basing my eternal salvation on something that I vaguely remember as a kid. Now, listen, I, I still debate this to my day. Was I saved, quote, unquote, as a five-year-old kid? I mean, I truly believe I intended to ask yeah. Jesus in my heart. Did I understand about forgiveness of sins and the full gospel at that point? Absolutely not, probably. Yeah. So I just remember on November 11, 2001, I was like, I'm going up, and I am getting saved for all intents and purposes. I'm going to make sure that today's the day that I know that I am intentionally like selling out to, to everything God and Jesus, just yep. like. So so I did that, and that's kind of when, um, interestingly enough, I kind of got noticed in the church, and, um, you know, I got baptized. Even though I had been baptized as a younger kid, I was like, listen, I'm starting fresh because, like I said, I'm rebranding myself, right? Yep. And it wasn't, this wasn't a rebranding. It was more like a, a recommitment to God. Right. And um, I plugged in with the uh, youth pastor there. His name is Andy Combs. He now runs a church up there called What's New, absolutely awesome church. Mm-hmm. And um, just uh, for four or five years, put my head down and just sold out to God and sold out to the ministry and just helped out wherever I could. Um, and then uh, I was working for a, a job called Fun Expedition, which is, uh, for all y'all local people, was a franchise of Fun Depot down here in Nashville. <laughs> and um, basically, it was like 2008. They decided to shut it down. And they said, we like you. We'll make you a manager in our store down in Nashville. I was single and young at the time. I think I was 27 or 6. Mm-hmm. I honestly never heard of Asheville, North Carolina. <laughs> I mean, I was living up in Winchester, Virginia, just doing my own thing. And all of a sudden, literally within three days, our store was shut down. They said, you ready to move? I was like, ready to move. I packed up everything in my car, had no clue where I was going. It was the Thunderbird, right? It was the Thunderbird. Yes, yes. I remember the, the Thunderbird. Thunderbird that got <laughs> stole somehow. Jokes on them. And, and, but the, so I'm sorry, this is complete rabbit trail, but I love this story and I don't want to miss it. Remember when I think you needed tires and you didn't have money for the tires and then what was it? The money was in the glove box. You know what story? No, yeah. So that was, uh, tell that story, please. Yes. So just a testimony of God's faithfulness. My wife and I uh, were getting married. I met her at Fun Depot. had to fire her because I couldn't date her as a manager. <laughs> anyway, uh, short engagement. We actually, I proposed to her. We started dating in um, September of 2010. Uh, mm-hmm. I proposed on February 13th, 2011, and we were married April 24th, 2011, Easter mm-hmm. Sunday. Because when you know what you want, you go after it. That's like, right. I'm not letting this one get away, right? Amen, brother. But anyway, so uh, <laughs> we were trying to do things right, you know, committed to the Lord. Um, little hint there without getting too tough love, um, you know, cause, uh, men don't play house, uh, real men get married. Yep. <laughs> uh, but anyway. there you go. I like it. I like it. I don't don't back how, down from that. I like it. I don't know how tough I can be here, but anyway, you so, can be as tough as you need to be, man. Okay. Well, um, I was trying to secure an apartment for us, but she wasn't living with me cause we weren't doing that. And, um, I was a hundred dollars short and the deadline was the next day. And, um, I was working at fun depot. I mean, I was broke, dude. I mean, yeah. my goodness. I was, I was broke, broke. Yeah. <laughs> like, anyway, um, 
So I was like, where am I going to come up with an extra $100 for this deposit? And um, I was like, well, God, I'm just going to trust you with it. So I went to bed, and in that dream, um, or I had a dream that night, and in that dream, my car broke down, and somehow I took apart my dashboard glove compartment, and there was $100 bills back there. So I get up to go to work the next morning, and uh, I'm like, well, God, I need to figure out this thing for this deposit, but I said, I'm going to go to work because I had to the end of the day. Um, and God's like, I want you to check your glove compartment. I was like, I'm not going to check my glove compartment. I'm broke, all right? <laughs> There's nothing in there. <laughs> there's, there's nothing in there, right? <laughs> so he's like, fine, don't listen to me. I was like, fine. So I opened up my glove compartment, nothing. I was like, there you go, God, okay? He's like, no, I want you to take it apart like you did in your dream. I was like, take it apart? I don't know how to take it I know nothing about cars, okay? <laughs> like to, today I was literally driving, and my truck has, you know, like those different, like, I don't know, power modes in it. Yeah. I thought the S standard for speed mode it's sport mode. <laughs> anyway. It's super mode. It's super mode, yeah. So anyway. Super duper uh, mode. <laughs> so God's like, take apart your glove compartment. I was like, I'm going to be late for work. Like, I, I don't even know how to take apart a glove compartment. Anyway, somehow I figured it out, and lo and behold, behind it was a crisp, brand new, $100 bill. I mean, you talk about, a, I was crying. I mean, just absolutely just. I remember when uh, that happened. Oh, and dude. That, I mean, that was. Dude, that was so huge. Oh, yeah. And, and so I blended it with another story because there's another story about tires. You were blessed with tires somehow. Do you remember? Yeah, so when I first moved down here, I was broke. Uh, anyway, story of my life, I guess, whatever. <laughs> um, and I drove what was called Maypops, you know, Maypop at any time, right? I mean, like, <laughs> my tires were typically shiny because you could see the wires in them. So, I mean, like, like dude, those are some sweet silver tires. I was like, they ain't silver, buddy. <laughs> but anyway, uh, one day, uh, you know, I mean, I actually – blew a tire on the road and um a guy helped me out and uh I took it to the shop. He helped me get it to the shop. This was when I was first dating my wife. And there was a couple other things wrong with the car and I was like, dude, I was like, can I just leave here? I got another ride home. I was like, we'll figure things out. And so he said, yeah. And so I came back the next couple of days to talk to him about it. And there was brand new tires on it and there was the water pump that went out on it. Mm -hmm. And so it was fine. I just could only drive it like 10 miles, had to cut it off, let it cool off. <laughs> um but uh Anyway, and uh, he had fixed that in the tires, and somebody had given him money for it, which I found out later was my father-in-law, which is pretty cool. But That is pretty cool. My, my future father-in-law at the time, he, he was not. So, anyway, but, uh, yeah, the Lord just indeed always been faithful to me, for sure, and blessed me in, in many, many ways. So, you know, in the Bible, Abraham was told to go to a foreign land, yep, and he just went, right? And so, in 2010, I moved down here, single guy, knew nothing of Asheville, and just went. I think yeah. that's cool because I, I, I feel like a, that's kind of like my name, a man of faith, you know, yeah. Abraham. And so um, I moved down here, and, I mean, not knowing what the plan was, not knowing where I was going to go, and I have seen God do just tremendously crazy, awesome things. Um, first of all, I also got, met my wife, got married, have three beautiful young kids. I mean, we own our own house. Yep. For all intents and purposes, we're a single-income family. I mean, my wife works a little bit from home. Mm -hmm. uh, we send our kids to a private school. Yeah, I, I don't even know how I afford that, honestly. <laughs> but God provides, right? Indeed. And so, um, you know, I remember uh, I was plugged into a church. Can I mention church name? Yeah, I was plugged into yes. a church. Okay. Yeah, you, I, and uh, you <laughs> you can name drop, man. Okay. It's it's okay. Well, it was, we're we're just sharing life. It was Biltmore Baptist, and um, I was plugging in with them, and they was talking about taking a mission trip to Africa, and mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that'd be cool. And he's like, it's gonna be like thirty seven hundred dollars. And I was like, well, you know, like I said, that would be cool. But, yeah, uh, yeah. He's like, well, we'll help you raise the money. And uh, uh, Tim Brady was the young adults pastor at the time, I think, or whatever. And uh, he said, man, I really want you to go. I was like, 
well, we've only got like two months. He's like, well, pray about it and see. So I was like, well, what if I don't come with the money? He's like, well, just pray about it. So I said, I made a commitment to go, $3,700 to go. Had no clue how I was going to raise this money. And um, anyway, I sent out a couple, you know, support letters to family members, whatever. And uh, a check came in the mail to pay for the rest of the trip. Wasn't it like super close to the deadline or yeah. am I remembering something wrong? Yeah, and I wrong? was $2,700 short. Oh. And uh, my dad just wrote me a check for $2,700. Wow. And said go. So, you know, just crazy stuff like that and saw God move in great ways up there. Yeah. And what's interesting is this is right before I met my, well, I met my wife at Fun Depot because I knew who she was, but yeah. we weren't like dating. I came back and I was like, I'm going, I'm moving to Africa. I'm going to be a missionary at Rift Valley. <laughs> I'm just going to love Jesus, loving these orphanage kids. And see, my wife, she spent uh, two years at Word of Life Argentina, mm. and she was going to be a missionary down there. And so we were both basically, uh, you know, talking about and selling out, saying she's going to Africa or I'm going to Africa and she's going to Argentina. And, yeah. And I mean, I, like, we were content with that. And then all of a sudden, I got shot down at Rift Valley. She got shot down over there. And then all of a sudden, I was like, she's super pretty. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so. Uh, Gospel Fox, right? Yes, that's right. <laughs> and I uh, had a great testimony at work and things, so. Uh, the Lord just brought us together, and, um, you know, here we are today. So, uh, But definitely, um, as far as my testimony goes, I, w- I would just say it's, it's one of um, God's faithfulness. Yeah. It's just I've, I don't have the secrets. I don't have the answers. I mean, I'm, listen, my philosophy in school was C's get degrees, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, like, I wasn't there to succeed. I yeah. was there to pass. Yes. And so, like, I don't um, – I don't know why God picks who he picks. I don't know why God blesses who he blesses. But, I mean, like, I feel like my life is just overwhelmed with God's faithfulness, his abundance and goodness. Um, I mean, is every day perfect and sunshine and roses from, like, my childhood? Absolutely not. I mean, life has a way of beating you up and down. Yeah. Um, and I do remember uh, at one point I was down here. I mean, I was, I was at my little—it was a 10-by-15 log cabin. And I remember crying in the bathroom. They didn't even have a door on it because the log cabin was so small. I was begging God to stop my heart. I was like, I'm done with life. I mean, I was just depressed and lonely. This one I was living down here. And God's like, I still have a plan for you. I still have great things I want to accomplish through you. And, um, you know, on paper, from a worldly standpoint, eh, doesn't amount to much. But when you look at all the things, and I could go on for days and hours about how God has shown up in impossible situations, how God has provided financially, physically. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know if my wife's too comfortable sharing this, but when we first got married, she was on like 13 different medications. Mm. And I'm talking $1,200, $1,800 a month. Yeah. I was like, honey, I can't even afford gas in the car. Um, And so through just trusting God and a long journey, all of them. Yeah. And I'm talking ones that doctors said you'll never come off of. Um, listen, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not saying that's everybody's path in life. Yep. I'm just telling you that's another testimony to God's faithfulness. Yeah. That's good, man. That's good. So, um, I'm going to share something and it's, I'm going to get in trouble, but Fernanda knows my heart, so it's okay. So I'll be transparent. My, uh, my favorite moment in my entire life is not my wedding. It's second. It's second. My favorite, my favorite memory in my entire life is when we did blackout laser tag at, yes. at Fun Depot. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. When you were working there, yeah. you, uh, you 
your friends came down and we were able to have the run of the place. Yeah, man. And we blacked it out. We did laser tag like in like guerrilla warfare style yeah. on the mini golf. And then we did go karts for yeah, hours and hours to like two a.m. Oh my goodness, it was good times, man. Yeah. That is literally my favorite memory of all you know, time. You know what I love about that is I share that with guys, and I'm like, listen, you know, you can have fun yeah. and still be a Christian. We had a blast at night, dude. There I'm, was no women or no. drugs or alcohol no. or stupid stuff. No, it, honestly, it's it's truly a mem- memorable moment of my life as well. Yeah. And uh, anyway, yeah, you can still be cool and have fun with Jesus. So. That's right. That's right, man. So, um, something that uh, you know, I've always picked up from you, like your vibe or what you exude is just joy, man. And I've always been super proud of you as a brother and a friend that, you know, joy is something that you always bring to the table. And is that, I guess, is that just like natural, natural for you? Or is there something that you do special to really tap into the joy of, of Jesus or, you know, that honestly, that's a great thank you for that because I I'll tell you because this is one of the testimony. I think as a kid, I had such a good life, and it was just fun and easy. Like, yeah. Uh, I just it was it was good, clean fun. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, there's the heartache of my parents getting divorced, which I don't even remember. Um, but I mean, outside of that qualm, which I guess is devastating to some people, it was not a big deal to us. It was just yeah. like more presents. Woo. <laughs> and so, um, but like I always had great friends and just Jesus, there was a lot of joy growing up. And then when I, I became single, got on my own, it was like this crash course in reality. Yeah. And I mean, a lot, like it's a miracle that I'm still alive today. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I faced some dark, dark pits and times and you know um there's tons of verses in the bible but you know when i get up every morning i you know this is the day the lord has made therefore i will rejoice and be glad in it you know um and so like i look at every day truly like it's a gift like um you know obviously i'm not perfect yeah but uh you know even like my favorite day of the week is monday it yeah. truly is. Most people dread Mondays. I'm like, then get another job because yours sucks. Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if I can say that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, no, I mean, I mean, like, if you dread Mondays, it's probably because you're not doing what God's called you to do. Yeah. I mean, that's good. That's that. I agree with that 100%. That's good. Man. I mean, honestly, like, I, you might be making good money. That's great. But is it what God's called you to do? And uh, listen, I work for Terminex. I like my job. I think it's a great opportunity um, for, for me to have a lot of freedoms. Anyway, I can talk to customers and just, uh, you know, like, uh, people ask me all the time, how you doing? Get better every second. Well, what's your secret? I can sit there and tell them, yep. you know, I have hope. What do you have hope in? Well, I can tell you it's not anything in this world because obviously we have seen in the last, what, four or five years, this world has absolutely just crumbled. Yeah. If you're putting your hope in anything here, it, there is no joy. Yeah. I mean, what can you put your hope in that still gives you, yeah, you might get a little tingle of fun, I guess. Yeah. But as far as like lasting hope, yeah, it's all pathetically crumbling. Yeah. And I don't want to say that to be depressing. No. I, I, I'm just saying I think the Lord is really shattering things and be like, listen, if your hope's in finances, joke's on you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that stock market is worse than a roller coaster. If your hope's in your family relationships or your friends, COVID, joke's on you. Yeah. If your hope's in uh, political stuff, joke's really on you. <laughs> if your hope's in, like, you know, whatever it may be, you know what I'm saying? It's like uh, if your hope's in America even, yeah. I mean uh, – a lot of things that we look to as stability, 
have really, and I think I can speak freely on that, have really crumbled and let yeah. folks down. Yeah. And so what are we left with? You know? Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. But some people aren't. Yeah. And so I love to tell people, I just have hope. Well, what are you hoping in? Because most people have lost hope. Uh, they really have. And so anyway, that being said, um, getting back to your main question, I think growing up, a lot of it was naivety and just yeah. innocence. But then I faced like the hard, dark realities of life. I mean, on the edge of ending it. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. There are a couple different occasions. Yeah. And um, through God just grabbing me and just not letting things happen, um, you know, persevered. And God showing his faithfulness and his love and his mercy and his grace. And, his, you know, I thank God every day for the wisdom of his word. Yeah. I mean, most people, and I hate to say it, we, we look at the Bible like it's just boring. Yeah. And I'm like, you just don't know how bad life would be without it. Yeah. If you've grown up in church, I mean, honestly, if we're being authentic, some people are like, yeah, I know it all. I've heard it all. I can teach it all. Been there, done that, got the T-shirt, right? Well, listen, that's fine and dandy, and sometimes we do get apathetic towards those things. But try imagining your life without that wisdom. Try imagining waking up with no hope. Yeah. Uh, try imagining going, I don't know if I die today, where I'm going to end up for eternity. Yeah. Or I don't know where my family members, I mean, how hopeless is death without God? Yeah. Completely hopeless. I mean, we all are going to face obviously death of our loved ones. If, if there's no hope in Christ, you talk about depressing, yeah. but because we have hope in Christ, I, I don't really get that sad at funerals. I mean, yeah. my grandma passed away a couple years ago. I mean, it was, it was sad. I love my grandma to death. Um, and you talk about a woman, she was 95 years old, hasn't, Lost her eyesight when she was in her 70s, maybe early 80s. Mm -hmm. But just a cheerful lady because she knew she had hope. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I think hope infuses us with joy. Yeah. And um, I constantly remind myself of the hope I have of heaven. No matter how bad things get down here, Paul said it. You know, he wrote most of his books while he was in prison. Yep. I can do all things through Christ. That's not talking about lifting 350 pounds. That's talking about being content in all circumstances. Mm -hmm. It's talking about having joy. Uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength. He's, he's talking about having joy in the midst of a world that's just giving you a bad rap yeah. because you have hope. So Yeah. And uh, so, you know, what, uh, what can we do as guys, as, as husbands, as dads, as, you know, um, members of our faith communities, the churches we belong to, um, what can we do to impact change? Because, I agree with you. You know, um, I think if anybody uh, has their eyes open to what's happening around us and has their pulse on what's happening, they're going to agree that it's in a downward trajectory and that things are crumbling, like you said. Mm -hmm. um, so what can we do as guys, you know, to impact change in our little corner of the world? Loaded question, and really, I don't have the answer. I, but I always look at it like this because sometimes we can get discouraged. I mean, let's face it. We did come, the founding of our nation was Christian, no yeah. doubt. I mean, I know some people, I'm going to pause, well, don't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say something stupid. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I think overwhelmingly, you know, we were established to be a Christian nation, yeah. to uphold the moral and righteous laws of the Bible. Our Constitution it was framed from that. And now we look at our nation today, and it is far from it. And I think, especially as uh, 
conservative Christian American, you know, we kind of blend all those together. Mm-hmm. We get kind of discouraged and be like, well, what can I do? I'm just going to move to Wyoming and hide, you know, raise cows and yeah. avoid the world, let it all fall apart. So anyway, um, and then COVID hits and churches are dying and it, it, it can all look very discouraging. But then I, I think back, and this gives me great hope and joy. I think back of how simple the gospel really is. All right. Jesus changed the world. Of course, he is God. I get that, but also man. But he didn't go out and build churches. He got a posse of 12 dummies to follow him. And I mean, people that honestly didn't even like each other. Yeah. You had some Jews and some, I mean, I'm not, the chosen pretty much breaks it down. But yeah. And that, they do a great job of that. But like, you know, they weren't exactly um, friends, you know, yeah. from the start. But Jesus took 12 people to basically journey with him for three years. And then what did he say? Go and make disciples. He didn't say go and build churches. He didn't say go and, uh, uh, you know, on mission trips. He said go and make disciples. Now, here, here's why I'm getting to the answer, okay? Yeah, yeah. This is just my philosophy. So Jesus, fully God, fully man, we only know about three years of his story. The four Gospels focus on just three years of his life where he transformed the lives of, you know, 12 people. One of them, of course, portrayed him. So I like to look at it like math. What if we took Jesus' commandment, because it is a command, to go and make disciples, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, you know, teaching them all things, right? I think I slaughtered that a little bit, but Matthew chapter 28. So what if I take the next three years and I disciple, ask God, hey, put 10 men in my life that I can disciple. And maybe not even necessarily unsafe people at this point, just 10 men that I can say, hey, listen, let me grow with you in the Lord. Let me encourage you in this thing. Let me walk with life for you, right? And then spend the next three years doing that. And then you send those 10 out, just like Jesus did. And then they spend the next three years of their life, and they go find 10 people. Now, at some point, obviously, you're going to run into unsaved people. So go and make disciples, right? So the law of multiplication, this is what gives me great hope. So if you do that consistently, you you know, your first three years, you have you and your, your posse. The next three years, you now have 10 men doing that, and they all find 10 men. That's 100 people. Mm-hmm. The next three years, you're at 1,000. Then 10,000, 100,000. By the way, we're what? Uh, at that point, uh, 1,000, well, 100, 10,000, 10,000, 100,000. That's 12 years in. You've, you've witnessed to, encouraged 100,000 people in the Lord, right? Yeah. The next 10 years, or the next three years, you're at a million. 15 years in. Now yeah. I'm getting to the point here. All right. Then you're at 10 million. That's, then you're at uh, 100 million. Then you're at a billion. Then you're at 10. That's the entire world's population in three times seven, right? Three times nine. <laughs> three times we're, we're not good at math on this show. It's C's okay. Degrees. <laughs> uh, in 30 years, you've literally, literally converted the entire world to Jesus Christ. Yeah. Not building churches, not building buildings. Not doing anything, but taking your time to love on 10 people every three years and then sending them out to do the same thing. And um, I think as men, if we did that, you know, iron sharpens iron. That's the whole point of the show Mm -hmm. is to um, have men ardently pursue God. Well, uh, I heard Chip Ingram say one time, you know, your growth, your spiritual growth doesn't happen in a Petri dish. It doesn't happen in a Bible study by yourself. It happens in a community. And so... Churches are great, obviously. The Lord tells us not forsake the assembling of each other, so on and so forth. I'm not, I'm not against any of that. But I'm saying, like, you want to talk about hope and joy? 
we are 30 years away from a full world revival at any given point. Mm-hmm. 30 years, our yeah. lifetime. Yeah. I mean, like, that fires me up because, like, you don't need money to do that. You don't need a, a doctorate. You, <laughs> all you need is to find, ask the Lord, hey, bring me 10 guys. Yeah. And, of course, women, women. I mean, I, I think it works better if you disciple people, same yeah. sex, whatever. But, yeah. but uh, you know, just say, hey, listen, I'm going to disciple you. Yeah. I'm going to love you through life. We're going to cry together. We're going to laugh together. We're going to play together. We're going to do life together. Yeah. And then I'm going to take you from a baby to a man. Yeah. And then you're going to do the same thing with other people. Yeah. And um, that's just, that's my vision of life. I, that's why I'm very glad to cast it on the show here. I just, I really want to get that out there, man. I, man, I, um, dude, there's a sparkle in your eye. <laughs> I, I, I just, I'm, I'm catching the enthusiasm and, uh, I guess the reason I'm kind of taking a pack and paused is, uh, you know, how, how cool would it be to, uh, to see that and, uh, you know, um, I, I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but you know, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, maybe there's, uh, something here at full power that you can take and make that a reality with. Um, well, that's the whole point of this ministry is yeah. to use technology, um, video, audio, whatever. Yeah. And help disciple men. I mean, this is a tool. Yeah. And a, I believe a very powerful one. Yeah. Uh, to carry out that mission, no doubt. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's just, like I said, it's just men catching that fire. Yeah. Thank God. Send me, I mean, 10 people. Yeah. Turn out the rest of the world. I mean, really. I mean, like, you know, for God so love the world, but we can't. Yeah. That's why I don't like social media. Sorry yeah. if that offends somebody, but like, I, I, it's there's too very many. few guys that come on the show that that still do social media, and the ones that do, are, they do it spartanly, and it's very strategic when they use it. Um. So I, I think I think that's, I think that's telling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've I've said it before. I think that uh, you know social media is kind of like a mission field. Yeah. And at this point you have to be called to it. And if you're not called to it, you probably have no business being on it because there's just so much sinister undertow, you know, with, I mean, just by the nature of how addictive it is, it's, it's at a minimum, it's going to sap your time. Yeah. And that's time you could spend with your family. That's time you could be spent pouring into 10 other guys. Mm -hmm. That's time you could be spent being poured into from another guy. Um, you know, so I, 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 I digress, but I think that that's uh, you know, a, a recurring theme that, you know, we all need to kind of pay attention to and, and really dial in with God where he wants us to be with social media. Cause it's just so pervasive and, um, it's addicting. I was addicted to it when I was on it Yeah, and I just like to fight with people and it's easy to fight with people on social yeah. media. Because, yeah. hey, you can't really take a punch to the face. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's funny the things we'll say on there that we won't say face-to-face with people. Yeah. Um, and so, anyway, I was trying to encourage people with it, but it was one of those things where first thing I checked when I got up, checked a thousand times throughout the day, last thing I checked before I went to bed, and it just, I wasn't really connecting with guys. And, mm-hmm. anyway, whatever. So, yeah. um, But I think if we will take the call to discipleship seriously like God yeah. commanded, yeah. And go make disciples. Yeah. And I'm not saying you can't make a disciple, obviously, through technology and media. I mean, all everything made can be used for a tool for good and evil, right? Because yeah. money, 
It's not yeah. money's the root of all evil. It's the love of money, right? So yeah. even money is a tool. Yep. It just depends on is good people doing good things with it or is good people doing bad things or vice versa, whatever. Yeah. So um, if that's a tool God wants you to use, great, run with it. Yeah. Um, you won't find me on there, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, and, you know, I think, I think this is a good practical challenge for, for all of us. Um, we, need to, we need to identify having a Paul in our life that's pour, pouring into us and at least one Timothy that's, that we're pouring into. Exactly. Um, yep. And that's, that's the idea of generational manhood and Christian biblical manhood where I, I, think, I think we could really, you know, dovetailing with exactly what you said, um, we can really turn the tide on these, uh, I guess, institutions of society where we see them crumbling and not functioning the way they should and the way mm -hmm. that they should if they're surrendered to God um, by focusing on generational uh, passage mm -hmm. of manhood and yeah. biblical understanding of what it means to be a dude um, surrendered to God. And, you know, that that's not, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you drive a lifted four before truck it doesn't matter if you drive a Prius. It doesn't matter if you hunt. It doesn't matter if you play pickleball. You know, it doesn't matter pickleball. what you do. I love pickleball. <laughs> I love pickleball. Uh, if anyone's ever in the actual area and wants to play pickleball, let me know. Um, nice. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it doesn't matter those things because God wires us uniquely. And oh, I, read the, I read the scripture just oh, a few few hours ago, and it's completely evaded me right now. But basically it just talks about the fact that um, God has wired us all differently. Yeah. And, you know, there are biblical principles, you know, like um, steadfastness and boldness in faith and different things that are inherently um, designed into being a God fearing man. But the other stuff like the preferences, mm -hmm. you know, don't get hung up on that stuff, yeah. you know, uh, you and I probably have different tastes and stuff. We all like Master Chief. That's so, right. you know, the, and we all like Mario Golf. So, mm -hmm. you know, we do have some common ground. So, but there, there's things that you prefer that I don't, but that doesn't make one of us more manly or less manly mm -hmm. um, or more of a follower of Christ or less. So I think that, you know, we need to focus on the core pillars and really uh, dial in making sure that each, each generation uh, does that, like you were saying with 10 or how many ever God puts in your, in your realm and in, intentionally pass that along. Yeah. The 10 thing, just easy math. And I yeah, think yeah, it's strong. Doable. I like it. But, um, you know, I think this younger generation more than anything, they long, I, what generation is it? I don't X even know. N, generation blast, whatever. <laughs> um, I actually, I think they're generation. I forget. What that generation means. iPhone or something. Yeah. I don't even know. They, they <laughs> truly long for mentoring relationships. But just like we, I, I guess millennial, millennial, maybe? Yeah, I think we're millennials. I'm somewhere on the cusp of that. Yeah. Yeah, 83. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, you know, we, we sometimes are hesitant to ask the older generation to mentor us, and yeah. it's just a trend. Yeah. But for any older saints listening, um, you know, take a challenge. You know, look around your church maybe on Sunday and say, hey, that guy over there, yeah. maybe in his 30s or 20s or whatever, just go up to him and be like, hey, you want to grab lunch sometime? Yeah. Um, I, 
you know, it should be on us. It's almost like dating. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. should be on us to do it, but sometimes we need that push from God. And so if you're a seasoned saint, yeah. uh, whether 30 or 50 or whatever, um, that's a good challenge for you. This yeah. Christmas season, yep. I yep. guess, is to, um, uh, you know, ask God to put a young man in your life, yeah. younger, whatever, and just um, see where he takes you. Yeah. I think that's strong, man. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to take up that challenge. Um, you know, obviously we've, we've got boys, you've got two girls and a boy and I've got a girl and a boy and, uh, with our, our little guys, you know, um, that's something that, um, is really, uh, been impressed upon me is the magnitude of fatherhood. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as we're talking about, you know, I have, I have the blessing and the opportunity to just pour into this one little guy, Mm -hmm. like everything that God has shown me and help him find Jesus, you know, early and ardently and deeply and, um, I, you know, personally, I, I feel very inadequate most of the time and I feel uh, very deficient and, uh, me too. I think that's every man. I, yeah. I think, I think if we take time to acknowledge and think about how we actually feel about it, it's just, it's borderline overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where you have to go back to Christ and surrender it to him and Amen, say, that's right. you know, I, I obviously cannot do fatherhood mm-hmm. the way it should be done, um, without, the Holy spirit living through me and, um, having it surrendered to him. So, uh, all that to say, I I think, you know, for me, I'm going to take up the challenge and I'm going to, uh, um, identify at least one guy uh, other than my son, um, that I can pour into, uh, over the next little while. I don't know about three years, maybe, Yeah, maybe, I I don't know, but prayerfully consider, you know, what that's going to look like. And, uh, um, I'm committed to making that happen. So hopefully some other guys will take up that gauntlet and challenge too. Um, cause I think that that's, that's where, uh, that's where change is going to happen is when guys uh, stand up, take responsibility, uh, take ownership of their faith and, uh, take ownership of, uh, leading, uh, other men. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I, you know, some people say, Oh, leaders and followers. I think, uh, I think everyone's a leader. Um, they're just different types. That's right. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that, um, you know, if guys are out there and they're hesitant and they're reluctant and they're like, well, I'm not really a leader, you know, I'm not a, I don't, I don't know, was it type a or mm-hmm. whatever introvert, extrovert. Yeah. All that. I mean, obviously extra extroverts are going to have like more of a crowd. But there's no doubt a place for those introverts. Yeah, and and I think you know in in discipleship, there's all almost there's almost more of a place for an introvert because mm-hmm. when you're in a group of ten or smaller guys, you know, you doing this wild west, you know, high charisma, high energy thing, you know, that almost detracts from the depth of it. But mm-hmm. if you've got somebody that's introverted, man, they shine. They're like and, you know, get deep. This is, this is how we go deep. This is, you know, if they're, they're willing to be transparent, they're like, Hey, this is, this is life. 
let's figure it out. You know, let's follow Jesus and figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I think, man, I, uh, I'm just going to say it. I, I want you to be the community coordinator. So pray about that. <laughs> I will. I, indeed. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> you, you heard it first. <laughs> We've got the exclusive. But um, <laughs> That's just funny, there you man. go. I know. I know, man. It's good. Oh, man. So, um, yeah, man. Uh, so I'm going to put you on the spot one more time. So if there's one, maybe two nuggets of wisdom that God has kind of showed you down through the ages of Abraham that you, you are, uh, you know, uh, feel compelled to share with guys that they need to hear what would those one or two things be that is a loaded question now. i know i know i know i, I would <laughs> say authenticity and humility mm, it's good I, listen when it comes as men we always want to one-up each other like you know, whatever play the one-up game whatever yeah. that even means i realize i can't compete in that so i don't try yeah i'm just like listen this is who i am this is who you are I, great if you're good at sports, that's fantastic. I'll never get the ball. Yeah. All right. If you've got lots of money, that's great. Okay. <laughs> I somehow have the same amount of stuff with less money. Yeah. Don't know how that happens. But yeah. um, I, when it comes to discipleship, kind of getting back to it and be authentic with yourself, be authentic with God and be authentic with others. Yeah. Honestly, I have learned that the most impressive people are the ones who are not trying to be impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, like just throw yourself out there. Let people know who you are. Flaws and all, and and not try to really sell yourself. Just be you. Yep. Be the best. Well, I want to say be you. Yes, be you. But be the best God or be the best you. God wants you to be. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if if you want to do something stupid, then don't be you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let God be the better version yes, of you. Yes. 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 So you know, um, humility and authenticity is is really what this world needs more than is what our churches need. I'm not out here trying to sell me as some, you know, intelligent, highfalutin. Even I used to be a major extrovert, even just talented, funny guy. It's not what I'm trying to sell. I love to make people laugh. Yes. I love to have fun. Who doesn't? Right. Right. But at the same time, I just want to be authentic. I just want to be relaxed. Just be true with people. Just listen. I don't have it all together. Yeah. I don't have all the answers, but God does. Yeah. I, I can't, I don't know the answer to your problem. But God does. Yeah. And if you'll trust him in enough timing, you'll you'll see the victory. Yeah. Um, and so um, you know, just be authentic with yourself, be authentic with God. You know, listen, don't try to hide your sin from him. It's stupid. He already knows what you've done. <laughs> like, yep. Uh well, God, I kinda want to confess that sin of lying the other day or looking at that or doing this or thinking that. Uh, okay. God, he already knows about it. So go ahead and get it out there, right? And so yep. um, just practice humility, authenticity. Um, definitely the humility thing. I mean, uh, I think with social media, we're always so enamored by everything that everybody's accomplishing because that's what they're selling. Yeah. When I'll, Have you seen that movie, Ron's Gone Wrong? No. It's about a little robot. It's a little Disney movie. Um, I'm going to have to look it up. Anyway, it's... it's is, or is it good? I guess maybe should I look it up? Well, it's, it's a PG. <laughs> it's a kid's movie. Okay. Know? Anyway, I guess the premise, if I have the time, is simply that uh, there's these, like, robots that are basically like your social media platforms. They follow you around, and, and everybody's living these glamorous lives. It's kids. It's animated, you know. Yeah. Everybody's living these glamorous lives, blah, blah, blah. But in reality, um, when you actually look into their lives, 
when nobody's around and it's not recording per se, even the robots are still recording, they're not happy. You know, yeah. they're, they're miserable. So, you know, everybody's trying to put on a show. Well, quit, stop that nonsense. Yeah. Let's point people to the one person that matters to point to. That's good. And that's Jesus, right? Because ultimately, I'm going to let you down. Ultimately, I'm going to disappoint you. Your pastor's going to disappoint you. That's another thing. It's quit worshiping these mega pastors. Yep. Pastors Let's are go. great. Yep. I love them. Like, but, and I, I have a problem with that. We always want to put them like, oh, they're so awesome. I can't wait. I touched his hand. You know, yeah. it's like, whatever, dude. Yeah. He is the same guy as I am. Yep. God's given him a platform. Pray for him. Pray God protects his integrity and his ministry. But he ain't no more special than you. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just, it infuriates me to see all these people. Oh, I ran into so-and-so the other day and just, well, what, what is God doing in your life? You yeah. Know? Um, you know, I think if we really sat down with each other and got authentic, we could see that God's moving tremendously in people's lives. But they don't want to get authentic with us, so they don't want to share. Or you yeah. don't get authentic with them, so they don't share. I mean, honestly, on paper, my life is not that glamorous. It's just not. Like, snore. <laughs> I, I go to work. I go home. But when I really sit down and look at what God does on a daily basis, I mean, yeah. I could brag on him for decades. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. It truly is. I mean, you think about, well, I don't even want to get to it. Just God takes care of us. Yeah. Let's brag on the one that matters. Yeah. And just be authentic. You know, listen, we're all sinners saved by grace. Thank God he chose me. I, like I said before, I'm so grateful for the wisdom of God's word. Yeah. Not just God's word, which I'm grateful for, but the wisdom of it. Because, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of people that read God's word and get nothing out of it. Yep. I'm grateful for when he allows me to see it, understand it, and I guess transmute it, if that's the right word. Yeah, apply it. like Yeah, yeah. And, and make it applicable in my life and be like, wow, God, that, you know, thank you for saving me from that sin, even though maybe I wanted to walk down that way. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for providing for our family financially. Thank you, Lord, for safety on the road every day. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all those things are miracles that God does in our lives on a daily basis. So let's brag on him. Yeah. So there you go. That yep. answered question. I agree, man. That's all good stuff. Um. I tell you what, um, you mind if I close this out in prayer? No, man, go right ahead. Yep. All right. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. I always cherish uh, the the time I get to spend with Abraham. It's always uh, uplifting and encouraging to me, and uh, I know it's going to be uplifting and encouraging to all the guys uh, um, hanging out with us on the show. And, uh, Lord, we just um, pray expectantly and earnestly for uh, uh, what you want to do through this ministry, for uh, the community piece, uh, because uh, – our heart is your heart, and that is discipleship, Lord. And uh, we want to um, make that a reality for your glory. And uh, Heavenly Father, just uh, thank you for um, Abraham's testimony, his journey with you, and his continued story with you. Thank you for um, just your continued hand of protection and um, just blessing, just the joy that he has in his life, the uh, his loving family, Lord, um, just all the things that you just uh, shower upon him. And Lord, uh, equally thank you for all the things that you shower upon me. And and let me just not, you know, take it for granted and let Abraham not take it for granted. Let us uh, genuinely be thankful and uh, so appreciative of, you know, every breath, every, you know, uh, traveling mercies or health of the family or, you know, just, fun at Christmas time or whatever it is, let us not, uh, let us stop and smell the roses and just really glorify you for the blessings that you so abundantly give to us. And we just, uh, just ask that, um, you continue to watch over us, um, make us into, uh, bold warriors and tools in your hand, uh, for your glory and for the advancement of your kingdom. 
Um, we just asked, uh, uh, in accordance with the challenge that we kind of, uh, took up today, Lord, that, uh, you would send, uh, men into our lives, um, both to pour into us and, uh, strategically for us to pour into and to have deep, meaningful relationships with rather than, uh, superficial, um, you know, just, uh, um, acquaintances, Lord. We just ask that uh, uh, you give us a spirit of authenticity and humility like Abraham's talking about. Um, and uh, I, I agree with him that that would just revolutionize our, our communities and our world uh, if we just really applied those uh, biblical principles in our lives. And uh, Heavenly Father, uh, just thank you as always for your son Jesus. Um, let us not take the cross for granted. Uh, let us not take uh, the power of salvation for granted. Um, and Heavenly Father, let us live in that power. Let us realize that uh, we can do all things uh, you want us to do through your power um, and uh, help us to have the wisdom and the clarity of sight to discern what you want us to do and what you want us to not do. And uh, we just trust you and praise you for all that. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. All right, dude. So, um, guys, as always, uh, uh, you can connect with us here at uh, wearefullpower.com. And uh, at least for the time being, we are on social media at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at We Are Full Power. And our email address is connect at full power, excuse me, connect at wearefullpower.com. And uh, that's, that's about it. That's about it. So, um, Abraham, man, thanks so much for being on the show. It's a blast, buddy. My pleasure, dude. Enjoy our time. You're welcome back anytime. And of course, since you're going to be our community leader, you'll, <laughs> you'll be on a lot. <laughs> You know, you know, my, uh, you know, my spiritual gift is prophecy. I'm just saying not, not to, not to ram it down your throat or anything, but Understood, indeed. you know, <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm abusing that. So I apologize. But anyway, guys, thanks so much. As always, you're loved, you're sent, uh, have some fun out there and, uh, you know, uh, find somebody to disciple, find somebody to disciple you, make it a reality, commit to it. And, uh, let's put on our big boy pants and just do it. Uh, God bless. Be good out there. We'll catch you on the next go around. Be good.